Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Canberra Football Show, episode four, episode episode eighty six of the Canberra Football Show, round thirteen review. Going a bit back in time there, Michael. How's it going this yeah. weekend? Yeah, I mean, look, episode four was yeah, very, very, very long time ago, but no, nevertheless, uh, been going good, Matt. Uh, some huge results, like I always say, to begin. This show and this past weekend was no different. Some huge results, a lot of goals in some games as well that we will get into shortly. But nevertheless, another very sort of entertaining uh, round of games and looking forward to getting into it with you, Matt. Yeah, like I said uh, last week, we're probably getting more crucial games in the middle part of the season um then we have in a bit and there was a lot on this weekend so let's get started shall we let's start with uh one of the midweek encounters that we had um that we mentioned last week as well Canberra Croatia against Tuggeron United 7-1 Canberra Croatia were um victors in this one Croatia got off to a flyer as they opened the scoring in the first five minutes of this stanza uh Michael Piccolo had a shot which hit the post Ahmed Shaibu took the rebound Backheeled it for Spazeski uh, to run onto it for the finish. Great way for uh, Canberra Croatia's new signing to open his scoring account, having returned to Canberra. I believe last week was his um, first match back for Canberra Croatia. Uh, 20 minutes, 28 minutes later, Croatia made it 2 0 as an attempted tugger on clearance was free for Piccolo as he uh, to neatly set himself up with a touch and strike an absolute beauty of a kick. Uh, from just outside the box. Great goal there. Go check that one out. On the verge of halftime, Adam Stevens slipped in the process of taking a goal kick and Stephen Dominici uh, wasted no time and immediately pounced on that ball and took advantage of that opportunity to make a 3-0. Bit unfortunate there for uh, Adam Stevens. Tuggeron United started the second half literally the perfect way they could by scoring in the first 15 seconds. Uh, f- it was the first play from the kickoff ended with uh, a ball being squared across for Joaquin Abbott, uh, finishing off the process. Well-worked goal here to make it 3-1. Eight minutes later, though, uh, any hopes of a target on comeback uh, were given a tough task as they were sent down to 10 men as Patrick Hislop was given a second yellow card. Um Russ and Frank said on commentary, it looked like Hislop slipped, uh, you know, in that challenge and it didn't seem intentional and uh, might have been a bit harsh for a, I think it was a second yellow and a send-off or maybe it was a straight send-off. I can't remember at this point, but I, I, I sort of do agree with that. It did seem like there was a bit of a slip there. Again, just my opinion, obviously the ref is in a you know better position than all of us. So um, regardless, though, it made it difficult for Tuggeron to make, you know, a comeback after getting that goal. Uh, Tuggeron held out for 18 more minutes, though, after the card and conceded their fourth via a Lukman Ahmed Shaibu penalty. Uh, the challenge, uh, Peterkin sl- uh, did a, a sliding challenge on Dominici from the side winning the ball. However, the ref deemed it a penalty. Tuggeron might have found that one a bit harsh also. Uh, Croatia scored three goals before the end of this game to make it 7-1. Piccolo, Barach, and Subasic were the ones with the strikes to close out the half. Not the best out of the office for Tuggerong. They tried hard to fight back, like we mentioned in the second, but being a man down 
uh, made, you know, already a 3-0 deficit to uphill battle even harder. Uh, regardless, though, having that sort of slow start in the first half uh, really hurt them in the long run. They remain in seventh place with four points and a match in hand, though. Important victory for Croatia as they keep pace with the top four after that draw last weekend. They were absolutely lethal with their opportunities on Wednesday night. Also, like I mentioned, strong start to the match. Also proved and showed how dangerous they can be when they're firing on all cylinders. While they still remain in sixth place, they are only three points now off the top four. So they are getting closer and closer to that elusive top four spot for finals. And there's still a lot to play out there as we have six teams, as we've mentioned before, fighting for that top four, essentially, which is great to see. Uh, talking about that, Michael, uh, what is the next matchup? We had a first place team that was uh, given a bit of a scare at the end of the match by their opponents. Yeah, that's right, Matt. Uh, although uh, Tigers... Uh, managed to get the win 4-3 in this match. You know, West Canberra put forward a very, very tough effort. It, it was an entertaining game, to say the least, Matt. Seven goals in it. Uh, for goal, goal scorers for West Canberra Wanderers in this match were Bailey, Pavesi, and a senior with an own goal. And for Tigers, it was Whittier. Two goals for Tineski and Kalfas with a goal as well. So like I said, a very entertaining match on display this past weekend in Woden. Matt uh, Whittier got the scoring started for the away side after heading home from a great corner into the box. Tigers then doubled their advantage four minutes later in the 26th minute. Thanks to Tineski after he scored an absolute rocket into the top corner to make it 2-0. And... Tineski then scored his second goal of the game from the penalty spot to make it 3-0 at the interval. So a very good and positive first-half performance for Tigers, seemingly in cruise control at that point. But West Canberra came out in the second half and they got a penalty of their own, Matt, which was converted by Bailey uh, to reduce the deficit to 3-1. Uh, but that wasn't before Tigers would restore their three-goal advantage, Matt. It was a great through ball, uh, played into the path of Cal Fass, and he did a great job to sort of just dink the ball over the goalkeeper to make it 4-1. Pavezzi pulled one back from a header from a corner situation to make it 4-2, and then they set up a grandstand finish after the senior-owned goal, which meant the scoreline was 4-3, but in the end, Tigers would hold on for the win, but like you said at the top, Matt, they were given a bit of a scare. But nevertheless, they still ended up with the three points in this match. So they're second in the table, level on points with league leaders, O'Connor Knights, but behind on goal difference, whereas West Canberra remained bottom of the table, suffering their 12th loss from 12 games this season. So given the difficulties that they've had to endure so far this campaign, it didn't make it any easier having put all that effort in to ultimately come up short against one of the best teams in the competition at this moment in time. Matt, do you want to get into our next match? Uh, somewhat of the, uh, you know, O'Connor Derby, but... Uh, Barbecue Derby. Very tight. Yeah, that's right. As I get reminded, reminded yeah. But, uh, you know, nevertheless, 
very opposite to the game that I just broke down in terms of the goals scored. I think it goes to show just how good these two teams are, but it was uh, O'Connor Knights with a huge win, Matt. Yeah, another huge win for O'Connor Knights, continuing their fine form, which I will mention a bit later. Big encounter, of course, heading to this one as it was first versus third. Uh, the match throughout it before and after, just constant on and off rain. Uh, and the and the O'Connor pitch, uh, a bit worn by the end of this one. Uh, but in saying that, though, it didn't stop both teams from playing their game at the start of this one. Russ and I were there commentating, so it was a... I mean, it wasn't drenching rain, but still, it was a bit constant at times, which was um, which was uh, fun. The match began pretty back and forth, I'd say, the first 10 or so minutes until it settled in. And O'Connor, at that point, were happy to give Olympic majority possession as they sat back, held off um, Olympic, and tried to hit on the counter. Uh, Olympic probably arguably had the better of the first half as they had the best chances uh, there were a few good ones. Uh, there was a couple. There was one or two from Popovich in particular. Uh, they had some. Um, they had some good work as when they won the ball. There was a few times where they won the ball in midfield from O'Connor, and they were able to pick some passes over the top of the defense. And it was always precise balls over the top as well. That was in the first half. However, it did remain goalless in that first half. O'Connor had the better of the second half, I thought. Uh, pressing forward a lot more, winning the balls back in midfield and uh, tried to push for that goal. O'Connor did open the scoring in this one uh, in the match during the second half. Fields connected with a volley in the 74th minute, taking advantage of an attempted clearance to loop um, a volley with, you know, sort of a great angle uh, over a few players into the top corner. Uh, so O'Connor Knights... Very good second half, uh, and they're also able to maintain maintain that defensive solidity, which they've done so well uh, spe- uh, through most of the season, especially the last, what, six or seven games. Their defense has been absolutely top-notch, and it continued in this one. Uh, second half also had, you know, naturally, you know, got a bit feisty as a, as a derby can get. You, uh, both sides had a decent amount of yellow cards as well. It ended 1-0, though, so O'Connor... Uh, win the uh, what the spirit of the barbecue and the barbecue derby over there at O'Connor. Uh, tough loss for Olympic though uh, to swallow as once again they had a strong first half, uh, but they were beaten to the punch in the second half. This also doesn't reflect well on their form as they are now without a win in five league games, six games if you include the Oz Cup qualifying final which they lost to Croatia. Uh, they remain in third, however they na- now trail O'Connor and Tigers by. Six points. Huge win for O'Connor, though, as they keep pace with Tigers, who won just prior to this match concluding. They also retain the edge over them uh, on goal difference by five. Uh, The Knights, I mentioned their fine form before, and that fine form is that they have won their last six games on the trot. So O'Connor, Miro Tirinch's boys are in very, very good form, and they keep picking up big, big, big wins. And we mentioned the top two top-of-the-table teams, Michael, uh, O'Connor Knights and Tigers do face each other uh, this week. And an interesting stat there is that the last time O'Connor had actually lost a match, they won in their last six, was the last time they lost was against Tigers 3-0. So 
Um, safe to say, I don't think it'll be a similar scoreline this time around, considering how well O'Connor have been playing. But uh, even more fire in the belly for O'Connor, as they they already do, because they want obviously want to stay top of the pile. But for their last loss was against Tigers, they'll be looking to redeem that this weekend. So uh, massive, massive match this weekend between those two, and that with that interesting stat in there, uh, it'll be even more interesting to see how that game goes. Uh, we mentioned matches that are important for the top four, Michael, and the next one certainly was one at the AAS on Sunday afternoon. Yes, Matt, two teams vying for those top four positions in Gungahlin United and Monaro Panthers. It was the latter, Monaro Panthers, getting the victory in this match, 2-1. Namoski with the goal for Gunners and Stricker with a double for the Panthers. So a fascinating ending to this encounter between Monaro and Gungahlin, Matt. And it was a very competitive uh, first half of play, which meant, you know, both teams were doing very well to start this contest. And in the first half towards the very end was when a piece of individual brilliance opened the scoring of this contest. It was Mishko Namoski scoring a beautiful free kick from way outside the box. Uh, to find the corner of the goal to make it 1-0 to Gungahlin at a crucial time, like I mentioned, minutes away before the interval in the 43rd minute. But Monaro sort of upped the anti-mat in the second period, uh, which saw them almost get level after Chichenko struck the far post in what looked like an intended cross into the box, found its way towards the back stick and hit the post. But that sort of went to show that there were warning signs there from the Panthers to start the second half, but then they sort of shot themselves in the foot a little bit as they went down to 10 men, Matt, after Zach McLaren got sent off for a second yellow card. But despite that hurdle being presented to them, you know, that didn't diminish their hopes or their confidence. And Monaro would eventually get themselves level through Stricker uh, as he scored a header at the back post to level the scores late on. So we have to remember by this point that Stricker was positioned a little bit further forward as he started the game in centre-back due to some injuries and absences for the Panthers heading into this clash. So he would eventually become the hero as he scored his second goal in the Panthers' second of the game two minutes later from a counter-attack that was all started by Jordan Thurtell with a long kick into the Gungahlin half. And that's where Monaro just got into that situation and flooded numbers forward to try and get a winner. And that's what happened when the ball ended up with Stricker, who tucked the ball into the far corner of the net to make it 2-1. So a great victory for Monaro as they now sit equal on points with Gunners, but still remain outside the top four on goal difference. So Monaro in fifth place, and you've still got Gunners in fourth, but they lead... Monaro still via goal difference. So it just goes to show how close and competitive the top four race is at the moment. Matt, do you want to break down our round 14 fixtures? You got into one of those fixtures already briefly uh, a short time ago whilst we were doing our breakdowns. But nevertheless, do you want to give the listeners uh, the round 14 uh, fixtures for this upcoming weekend for MPL? 
Yeah, that one I just mentioned, of course, top of the table, Clash, both tied top of the moment. Tigers against O'Connor Knights, Saturday, July 15th, 3 p.m. at AIS Grassfield 2. I believe Russ said that's the one he will be commentating on on the weekend. Uh, sorry, on the Saturday. And then we have the Canberra Classico, as it's dubbed. Canberra Olympic against Canberra Croatia. Two, uh, a huge match for both of those sides. Uh, Saturday, July 15th, 3 p.m. at O'Connor Enclosed. Then we have Gungali United against West Canberra Wanderers. Sunday, July 16th, 3 p.m. at AOS Grassfield 2. And then Tuggerong United against Monaro Panthers, 3 p.m. Canberra 201, Sunday, July 16th. As I mentioned there, some huge encounters. Uh, as, as we mentioned, we're nearing that final third and we're already getting big, big, crucial matches there. Uh, for the season. So that continues this weekend. Michael, as we head into our MPLW uh, segment, obviously it's worth noting that two matches were postponed. We will get to that, but the round did kick off with another midweek fixture on Thursday over at Deakin Stadium. Yeah, that's right, Matt. It was Canberra shot, uh, oddly the away side, uh, technically, wasn't it, Matt? Um, up against the Canberra United Academy. 1-0 in this match. Barac with the goal for Canberra Croatia. So a very closely contested match on all fronts when it came to this one, Matt. You know, it took a piece of brilliance from Bella Barac to score a very nice goal that hit the underside of the bar just un- uh, sorry, just after the half-hour mark. And that ultimately proved to be the difference in this matches Croatia obviously pick up a vital win and for the you know for the CUA another really good performance from them against one of the best teams in the competition so they can be really proud of the effort that they put forward and I'm sure that Matty Moore the coach will be very happy as well but the only sort of downfall to that is that CUA now find themselves seven points off fourth place Gung Island on 16 points Matt so if they don't start to pick up results soon and if Gungahlin continue the way that they're going, the point differential and that gap is going to increase more and more as the weeks go by. So it's time for CUA to find a bit of form that they displayed a little bit earlier on in the season to make up that point difference. And then you've got Canberra Croatia on the other side of the equation. They now sit temporarily top of the MPLW table on 29 points, which is one point above Belconnen, who now have that match in hand. Matt, do you want to get into our next match? It's a very good win for the away outfit in this one. Indeed it was, and this was the last match of the round of the round. West Canberra Wanderers against Gungahlin United. 5-1 win for the Gunners. Uh, Gungahlin opened the score in this one nine minutes into it as Darby Wiley finished off a terrific piece of team play, which ended up with a ball over the top from DeMarco to Wiley as she ran onto it uh, and ran it all the way up to the keeper and neatly placed it past the keeper. Wiley used her speed once again to weave uh, her way onto the end of a Nat DeMarco through ball and charge past her marker before placing it in the back of the net. Uh, Wanderers answered strongly, though, after going two down and quickly as well. 
Uh, as they half the deficit three minutes later, they press Gangala, won the ball back, ball back very high up the pitch before Alice Jensen weaved around a defender and struck a great ball into the side netting. Really good goal there. Uh, Gangalan started the second half strongly as Darby Wiley scored once again to complete her hat trick uh, of the contest four minutes into the second stanza. The last two goals of the match were scored by none other than Michelle Heyman in the 60th and 81st minutes, courtesy um, of Heyman, of course, uh, who was subbed on at the halftime interval. Both goals were really good strikes. The first was a bullet on the edge of the box, and the second was a neat dink over the keeper as she sort of ran up from the left side. Overall, though, in terms of the match, tough loss for the Wanderers in the end, uh, but they did well to stop Gunners from gaining that more momentum early on in that first half after the first two goals. Uh, They remain in seventh place with four points above Tuggeranong and two points off ANU, who are in sixth. Big win for Gungahlin, as we mentioned before. They're now only three points behind Olympic, and both teams, Gungahlin and Olympic, still have uh, that match in hand under their belt, as do Belconnen United. Now, I mentioned two postponed games. Uh, They were ANU WFC against Tuggeranong United and Canberra Olympic against Belconnen United. Uh, I believe the ANUW one was due to a washout of the pitch, uh, due to all the rain, and the Olympic Belco one was postponed, I believe, earlier um, than the weekend. So those will be played, of course, at a later date. Talking about fixtures, Michael, what do we have up in round 14? Yeah, round 14 fixtures for MPLW. Matt, we'll kick things off with Tuggerong United up against the Canberra United Academy Friday, July 14th, 7.30pm at Canberra, 2.01. Canberra Croatia then play West Canberra Wanderers on Sunday, July 16th, 2.30pm at Deakin Stadium. Canberra Olympic will play host to Gungahlin United Sunday, July 16th, 230 p.m. at O'Connor enclosed. Before lastly, we've got Belconnor United versus ANUWFC, which is rescheduled to Wednesday, August 9th, 7 p.m. at McKellar Park. Matt, we'll move now to the CPL segment of the show. Kick things off with a big win for a home team in this situation that you know, in many, in many people's eyes, needed a win. Yeah, they certainly did. Uh, and it means well for their top four aspirations as well. Uh, new Belco signing, Tim Nguyen, uh, got the uh, the Blue Devils off to a flyer as he opened uh, the scoring within the first seven minutes of this encounter. On the half-hour mark, Belco cemented their lead with a 2-0 margin as Hayden Tunney struck the back of the net for the home side. Belco continued their goal-scoring ways as Tunney scored a, his second uh, and a, obviously a brace for the afternoon to make it 3-0. White Eagles afternoon got uh, tougher as two minutes after that goal, uh, Stephen Kreskus was sent off with 34 minutes remaining. White Eagles, though, uh, didn't concede another goal before the end of this match, so stuck it out after having 10 players on the pitch. 
The loss for White Eagles means they remain in eighth place, but they are still only one point off Juventus in seventh and four points off sixth place Brindies. Very good win for Belko, as you mentioned, as they bounce back after two consecutive defeats. They are now only one point off the top four, and the fourth place team is ANU as it stands, which played uh, in our next matchup, Michael. Yeah, they did, Matt. It was a 1-1 draw up against ANU. So ANU against Brindabella, share of the spoils, 1-1. Deans with the goal for ANU and Ward for Brindabella. So this match was moved to Woden Park in close as the pitch at ANU was deemed unplayable due to the rain. ANU began the better of the two sides as they struck past the keeper in the first 15 minutes of play. So the goal came courtesy of Chase Deans. Uh, with his first goal of the season, Matt, so up and running for him. Just what it seemed like ANU were going to head off with all three points as the match crept closer to the finish. Brindy struck back with a crucial goal. Ward was the goal scorer as he rescued a point for the Corwell-based side. So an important point for Brindy's as they slightly break further away from Canberra-Ventus and White Eagles behind them and keep within touching distance of the top four by four points. So ANU will be disappointed to drop another two points as they garnered their third draw in four matches and are without a win in that same frame of matches. So they still remain fourth though, one point off Wagga and three points off Queanbeyan. But both of those sides that I just mentioned have a match in hand. Matt, our next match was a certain side that have been making a lot of noise in CPL football this season and this past weekend proved to be no different as they continued their fine, dominant form at home. They certainly do. The Solomon Stadium Fortress, uh, Ugali got off to a good start by scoring twice in the opening half. The goals came via Joe Priest and Josh De Rossi in the 15th and 38th minutes uh, respectively. The second goal in particular had some great build-up play from Ugali with De Rossi winning the ball back at the end of this play, turning his marker and releasing a bullet into the back of the net. Juventus did well to keep out an inform Ugali side for portions of this match. However, they just couldn't stop some of the absolutely fantastic playing goals that Ugali produced in the second half. Ugali scored three in that second half. The first was via a second goal from Joe Priest in the 67th minute who took the ball from just outside the box, beat his marker and hit an absolute beauty in the top right corner. Great goal for his brace. Go check it out. Uh, and then also just before this, Ugali were also denied a goal via an offside. Um, Darren Bailey also scored his fourth and overall his, sorry, scored the fourth for the side, sorry, in this match and his 12th goal of the season. He scored it in style in the 81st minute from well outside the box. He picked up the ball on a run and his first touch sort of nicely teed himself up to strike an absolute beauty, which dipped at the far post above the keeper. Great goal here. Go check it out on their Facebook page. And they also aptly described it as, are you not entertained to accompany his uh, goal celebration? Great stuff here all around from the socials goal. Celebration of the lot. And uh, as I mentioned, this is Bailey's 12th goal of the season. 
This also means he's now tied top of the CPL goal scoring charts with Morris Kazzola of Wagga City Wanderers. The final goal was scored four minutes later via Josh De Rossi as he finished another great passage of play from his side. And he picked up a, uh, a dink ball over the top and placed it past the keeper. This is De Rossi's 10th goal of the campaign, uh, which means he is sitting second in the goal scoring charts for CPL. Also another player in very, very good form. A tough day at the office for Juventus. As we mentioned, it's always tough to travel to Griffith where Ugali haven't lost a match yet. Um, however, Juventus still remain in good stead though after uh, as they're still in seventh place above White Eagles by one point and three points off the Brindies who are in sixth. Ugali, as we mentioned, they just keep on steaming forward, don't they? An absolute steam train at the moment with that great form. And in style as well today, a lot of these goals, great build-up play and great goals for them. You can check it out on their Facebook page. Uh, Ugali still have not lost a match since round two and have won every single game at home. They are now at the top of the table by 10 points. However, well, we do need to mention there that Queen Bian and Wagga still have a match in hand uh, at the end of the day because that match was postponed. They were meant to play this weekend, but I believe also due to the rain, uh, the Wagga pitch uh, was called off. Michael, what are the round 14 fixtures for the CPL? Yeah, so round 14 fixtures for CPL are Wagga City Wanderers up against Canberra White Eagles, Saturday, July 15th, 2.15pm at Gissing Oval. Brindabella Blues play Ugali in what will be an entertaining clash, Saturday, July 15th, 3pm at Open Park in Corwell. Then have Canberra Juventus up against Queanbeyan City, Saturday, July 15th, 3pm at Ainsley Field 2. And lastly, we have ANU at home against Belconnen United, Saturday, July 15th, 3.15pm at ANU South Oval. So plenty of games to look forward to, Matt, and I'm keen to get into it the next time we... Uh, on the show together. It certainly should be good there. Thank you so much, everybody, for joining us. That was episode 86 of the Canberra Football Show, reviewing everything round 13. Hopefully the weather will be a bit better next weekend so there won't be any uh, any more postponed matches to be replayed. However, everybody, as always, as we leave you, have a great week and, as always, enjoy the football. Enjoy the football.